0: Today and for the next two weeks, um, we'll be going over the core values of CCPC. This is just a reminder to us about who we are as a church and what we value. And then on the 22nd, on the day of our anniversary, well, today's actually our anniversary, but we celebrate the third week uh, of every January. Uh, On our six year anniversary, we will talk about the vision statement and the mission statement of this church. A reminder to us, a renewal, if I can say, of who we are, what we want to be known for, and our prayer to God to make that, well, make that reality for all of us. So today's scripture reading is Psalm 100. And then afterwards, we will read through the core values. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve or worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his words. If you look at the screen to my left, or if you have downloaded the bulletin, you will see the list of six of our core values. And these six core values can be divided into three different sections. One and two has to do about who we worship and how we worship our God. The third and fourth describe our relationships with one another. And our fifth and sixth describe how we love the world around us. Now, this isn't exhaustive, but it's sort of the channels that we use to learn how to love our God, to love one another, and to love this world. I'm going to read these for us, and then today we will go over core value number one and number two. So first is this. Scripture is our final authority. God's Word is essential to bring conviction, repentance, grace, and growth in our relationship with God and the people of ccpc number two our worship is god-centered our times of worship are not meant to exalt humanity rather to triune god the father son and holy spirit we eagerly desire to encounter god in our sunday services prayer meetings community groups children's ministry and other gatherings number three our relationships are god-centered We believe that every human relationship truly flourishes when they are centered on God. We believe that these relationships take not only time, but honesty and sincerity, a humble and listening ear that we may bear the light of the gospel to every corner of our hearts. Fourth, we value people over production. While we care that our organization and communication are effective, We do not chase perfection at the expense of loving people. Relationships are messy and do not follow a prescribed order. We believe God commands us to love people first and programs second. Fifthly, we seek to love our community. God calls us not only to love our church, but to love the community around us, including our family, workplace, schools, and neighborhoods. And lastly, number six, we seek to participate in the global church. CCPC is only one of many gospel-centered churches. We seek to partner with other churches, both local and abroad, to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. Praise be to the Lord our God for all that he has done for us. On this New Year's Day, we have gathered together to worship our God. You could be anywhere, any place, doing anything. But God has brought you here today to worship him, to be in his presence once again. And as we heard with the children, gathering together as God's people is of the utmost importance for the people of God Now we know in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, it was very clear to see how people would gather. Because in each location in the New Testament, there was only one church. There was only one place to go to if you truly believed that Jesus was the Lord. And we know in the Old Testament that the Israel people were the only people who had the promises of God. There was no shopping for other places that, that worship Yahweh. There was no shopping for other places that worshiped our Lord. There was only one place. It was very simple. And this worship of God was very clear and very cut dry. Either you worship the God of Yahweh or you did not. Either you gave him your life or you were the one who chased after idols and were punished by God. It was either or, one or the other. And the nations saw that. The whole world saw that Israel was distinct from everyone else. Remember, when God called the Israels out of Egypt, he said to Egypt, you are my son. He said to Israel, you are my son. You belong to me, and I belong to you. God told the Israelites, you will not have a king. Your nation will not have a king. I will be your king. All the nations will look and say, how can you have a nation without a king? How can you have a country without a president? How can you have a people without a leader? And Israel will simply say, we have one. He is not man. He is not human. He is that fire that comes down from heaven that leads us. He is the wind that comes down into the holy temple, into the tabernacle. He is the one that speaks to our our prophet Moses, and we hear him. He is our king. It's distinct one or the other. The New Testament was the same way in the very beginning. Either you worship Jesus as the Son of God, or you are persecuted. Either you acknowledge Jesus as the Son and the Savior, or you do not. And the peoples around them saw that there was a distinction once again. We gather here, yes, one of many churches, but still a church that knows Jesus We gather here together because God has called us. And we desire to be in his presence, to sing songs with joy, to read confessions with joy, to offer our prayers with joy, to be able to offer good words with one another about God and his salvation. There is nowhere else that we can do this with confidence, with fully exposing our hearts, but here as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so God calls us to come together and to worship, to come on Sundays to gather and sing, to come on Sundays, and to give praise to our God. There's something special that happens when we gather together. One of the things that happens is when we gather together. All the things in our lives get put into perspective, I hope. We all live in a world that is difficult. But when we behold the glory of God, it's not simply a simple reprieve from the pressures of the day, but it's a reorientation of our minds and our hearts of what truly is real and important and everlasting. Sunday worship, brothers and sisters, is practicing our longing for the perfection of the Lord's return. So when we gather here together, may your hearts long, long for the Lord's return. May you, when you look at each other and your families, May you long for the day when your spouses, your children, brothers and sisters in Christ, when we will finally be made perfect and our fellowship with one another will be made perfect. Praising our Lord for all of eternity. That's why we're here to worship our God. Now, there are some core elements into worshiping God that he's exposed to us, that we must follow in order for us to grow in our understanding of our worship to him. We don't worship God according to our own understanding. We don't worship our God according to how we feel, or what we want to do. Our world today, people desire to do this. There are a lot of people who say, I, I love Jesus, but, I don't love, but the church is something different. I love God, but the, the, the Christians are something that, you know, I, I don't want to deal with that. Or they might say, I love the, some things in God's word, but there are other things that I, I just don't. But I, I do believe in, in, in Jesus. But God doesn't teach that we don't get to worship God on our own terms. That would be actually really silly because when we love someone or anything on our own terms, well, what happens to that thing that we love? We actually start to have contempt for it because it's, it's nothing, there's nothing transcendent about it. There's nothing otherness about it. There's nothing great about it because it's just a reflection of who we are. But when we worship a God who is bigger than us, who is transcendent, transcendent, who is other than us, we know that we need to worship him, not by our rules, but his rules. And God has revealed that to us. Well, that's why our first core principle is that, that our worship of God must be based on Scripture and what God has revealed to us. That we worship God according to how the Bible teaches us to worship Him. Not according to how we want to, but what is it that God has prescribed to us that allows us to grow in the Lord? What are the the means of grace during worship that allows us to meet God and worship Him? We don't simply follow our feelings, or what feels good. We worship God in spirit and in truth. And we allow God's spirit to work in us. First thing, most important in the worship of God, is that it needs to be word-centered. God's word must be preeminent. This here, me preaching, is not simply the thoughts of Pastor Young. My duty here. to be faithful to God's Word. And in fact, I tell you guys this many, many times, is that after I preach God's Word, that if you have questions, you come and ask me. If there's something that I preach and you say to me, Pastor, I don't think that's what it says in God's Word, you come. I and you are under the, the authority of God's Scripture. I still remember in high school. I was one of those kids, and in Catholic school we had summer reading, and during that summer reading we had to read all of the Old Testament, and it was hard. It was hard. You know, we had to read all the Old Testament, and I was going to, uh, you know, I was going to youth group, and this this one, uh, uh, for lack of a term, uh, right? This uh, this youth pastor uh, was teaching. And he said something wrong about King David. And I said, this isn't what it says. And I showed him Second Kings and read it with him. And he was angry at me. I was like, why are you angry? I'm not here to, I'm, I wasn't here to make you feel bad. I was here to just, we're, we're under God's word, right? And I remember that time, because never again did I do that in high school. I did that later in college, but not in high school. But it's not about you or me. It's about being under God's word and letting God's word change our hearts. In the Old Testament, they had covenant renewal ceremonies, sort of special times when they would worship the Lord God. And they would all gather together. And if you remember, when they would all gather together, Moses or one of the priests would stand up and read the the scrolls and, and read God's word. And when they would read God's word, everyone would stand up, and they would stand up for days because they realized when they hear God, when they hear the reading of God's word, they're hearing God's voice. And they were eager to know and to understand who God was. Children, do you want want to know who God is? Now, there's a couple of ways to learn who God is, but the most important way is just to read the Bible. And when you have tons of questions, ask mom and dad. And if your mom and dad don't know, don't say, mom, dad, why don't you know? Just say, let's find out together. That's all you need to say. Your parents don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. You're going to have lots of questions. And the best people to worship God are people who have questions. Because questions lead to more questions, which leads to more answers. Which leads to more knowledge of who God is, which leads to more praise of His character. Our scripture, our worship, must be Bible centered. Second of second thing in our in our in our worship, we must pray during our service. And these prayers take on different different there's different types one that we do here is a prayer of repentance now we have a little script where we have you to read those and then we have a time where we repent of our sins on our own there's a corporate aspect where we need to repent together and then we have the pastoral prayer where it's pastor kida myself or joseph who will lead us in prayer together our job as pastors in one way is to, is to scope and see where is our church. What do we need to repent of? What do we need to grow in? And to pray on behalf of all of us. But that we as individuals, we need to come to the Lord in prayer of repentance as well. Because our church is centered on the death and the resurrection and the forgiveness that has been offered to us in Christ himself. And so when you come here and during service, it's time to read and it's time to, con- to confess your sins. There are times when God will make clear to you what you need to confess of. Confess. And there are times where you just have to sit there and you simply say, Lord, just forgive me that I'm a sinner. I'm not exactly sure how you want me to grow today, but I know that I've sinned against you. And allow the forgiveness of God to wash over you. We offer prayers to the Lord. Our prayers to the Lord are that which connects us in our relationship, in our fellowship with him. Thirdly, and we will do this today, God has given the sacraments to the church. And this is uniquely a part of being the body of Christ. Baptism and communion Baptism is the entranceway into coming to worship the Lord and to worship Him in the fullness of God. Now, the modern days is, is a lot different from what it was in the early church. You see, in the early church, people will come to know the Lord. Most people come to know the Lord because people are out there sharing the gospel. And then after they share the gospel and, and come to confess the Lord, then they come to church, then they get baptized, and the church grows. And then communion was a time where we would simply practice and exercise our understanding that we belong to God and we belong to one another. It was pretty much very cut and dry of, of knowing who belongs where. But the church has changed quite a bit. Whether for good or not is something that we that will take, we'll take time to discuss. But church has come to be a place now where we just gather people. And we just hope that in the midst of gathering people, they come to know Jesus on that Sunday morning. Now, whether that's the primary purpose of church or not, that's like, again, that's a, that's a question for another day. But we do know that the foundational primary aspect of the church is not, it's not to outreach but it's to be God-centered in our, pre- in our love for him. It's to let the saints gather together, those who already confess the name of the Lord. It's for us to worship God and to love him and to behold him. Because I dare say, if we don't do it on Sundays, when would we do it? if we don't have a time for ourselves to worship God unadulterated, when would we? So we do it today. And we allow those who do not know the Lord to join us. But on, that sun, on this Sunday day of worship, it is not the time for us to bend to the will of those who do not know the Lord. It is time for us, all of God's people, to bend our will towards him and to worship him in spirit and in truth. Worship must be God-centered, flowing from what God teaches us in Scripture. We must have God's word at the center of all things. We must have a time of prayer with one another and prayers offered to the Lord. We must exercise baptism and communion in order for us to to understand that there are people here who love the Lord and for us to recognize one another and to praise God together. This is what God has commanded us to do. Lastly, Jesus loves the church and I can't stress this enough. Jesus loves his church. Jesus died not simply for individuals. Jesus died for his church. If you read Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Jesus has said that, listen, I want God's people to gather together because all the gifts will be gathered together. I'm going to bless the church because the church will be the place where I will meet my people. The church will be the locus of all blessing. And the church will be the locus of sending out for the gospel message. Jesus Christ is the head. We are his body. And we gather together. To say that we love Jesus but don't love the church doesn't make sense. To say you love Jesus and to love the church goes hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. You can't order one thing without the other. They both come together. And that is why we gather to see Jesus lifted up and to worship him. CCPC, our church, I can't see our church ever being a thousand people church. I can't see our church being even like 500. I see our church as people who love the Lord, who will preach God's word faithfully, who will sing songs that lift our Lord in all things. I will see people who will come here who do not know God and go, why do they always talk about Jesus during the service? I want to hear something a little bit different. I'm, we're sorry, this is, this is who we worship. And I want us to hear people who love the Lord, who already know the Lord, who will come here and say, wow, every word here was about God. Every word is about Jesus. Every word is about the Holy Spirit. Every word is about how God needs to be exalted. Every word is about how God is love. That's the God that I worship as well. And so, brothers and sisters, do not be apologetic, because I'm not, about our church. And who we are but instead share with people we're here to worship Jesus you're welcome to come you're welcome to see if you have questions about other things let's go have coffee let's go have lunch I'll bring Pastor Young along you can ask any question I'll bring Pastor Kida along you can ask any question you want But today, if you're going to come to our church, you will hear about Jesus and our love for him. Praise be to our God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy in all things. We thank you for your word that grounds us in our worship of you. We don't need to sort of figure out new fancy ways to worship you or new creative ways to sing songs for you, Lord God. For on Sunday worship, it's, it's simple, Lord, to do as your word has taught us to do. To make sure your word is preached. To make sure that prayers are lifted up. To make sure, Lord God, that, that baptism and communion the entranceway into the church and that which continues to encourage the church, be practiced on a regular basis. We thank you, Lord God, that you have not left us to our own devices, chasing different ways to please you, chasing different ways, Lord, to please everyone in this room or people who come to this church. But Lord, we are here to simply lift up Your name in all things. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.